the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Welcome to Inside the Jets alongside the mad backer, Bart Scott. I'm Eric Allen here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel here in Florham Park, New Jersey. Thanks to all those watching on NewYorkJets.com and on our Facebook page as well. Inside the Jets is brought to you by EY, building a better working world. Bart Scott, for all the non-believers, the New York Jets are three and two. Yeah, man. Turn my mic up, B. <laughs> and I tell you what, week by week, this place is starting to pack up. And could you imagine, could anybody imagine going into week six, possibly having an opportunity to lead the division? Uh, it's Patriots week. Uh, it's a three-way tie atop the AFC East, but Todd Bowles said it's a big game because it's the next uh, it's the next game. No, it's, it's a big game. Listen, what? that's coach speak. Okay. It's a big game because you have an opportunity. You've already exceeded expectations early in the season, but you have an opportunity to play a meaningful game. You know, you look around at all the other teams. I'm not going to name the other team in town. I'm not going to kick them while they're down. But you look at all the, the – Yeah, this old, is a Jet show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we, we don't care about the problems cross down. You, you look, you look at all the, te- all the teams that are still looking for their first win, and they're pr- pretty much done. They're not playing meaningful football for the rest of the year. It's done. And for the Jets to have opportunity after all the naysayers said that, you know, they couldn't win a game to be potentially have opportunity or have opportunity to lead the division is something special. And I think it's a credit to these young kids that are coming together, just scrapping and playing as hard as they can play. You know what I like about the Jets so far this year is they're finding different ways to win. Against Miami, it was wire to wire, domination. Against Jacksonville, they squandered a 10-point lead, but we're still able to overcome that in overtime and win it on a Chandler Canton Zero field goal. And speaking of Chandler Canton Zero, the Jets kicker is in the house tonight, as is Rontez Miles. So, hey, kick, kickers are either in great shape or they have the best hair ever, man. Like, like well, gonna, he looks like a baby Thor over there, uh, right there, uh, man. We're going to talk about Chandler's hair in a little bit. And then in Cleveland, in week five, the Jets go on the road for the first time in 2017. And win. And it wasn't always pretty, but you know. It was never pretty. It was ugly. But you like those kind of games. No, you played a number I, of those hey, in the National Football League. You and know, at the end of the year, when they count them up, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, those are high-pressure situations. You talk about, you know, feeling like any mistake or giving up a big play could cost you the game. You know, those are high-pressure games, and it builds character. And I think some of the close games that you know, they've been a part of early in the season really helped them prepare to be in that situation. You know, for people that don't understand, you know, playing the Cleveland Browns is a tough place to play. And I knew it was going to be a nail-biter because Hugh has a, 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 a knack for devising a game plan offensively that just uglies it up. And, and he always throws things that prepares. And he loves playing against teams that are super aggressive. You know, he's been in the, he, you know, he's been in the AFC um, um, North for, for a long time. So he understands that division. He understands what goes on. You know, he was a member of the Baltimore Ravens, so he's seen that in practice. He's seen the, the crazy defense, the multiple safety sets, and he had a game plan. And, they um, had a good game plan. And in the second half, you know, you, you know, I think, you know, the Jets, they're going to see more of that, you know, not next week because, you know, of course, you know, we have the time, Tom Brady with a sundial for a 40. He's not mobile in the pocket at all. He's a deer in headlights. He's, you know, he's a statue. 
you know, but as they go forward, they're going to see teams that are going to put them in that position with that read option, you know, guys that are going to put their pressure on with the read option and, and trying to get the linebackers to step up and have, you know, three, four plays over there because they had success. And once it's on film, you're going to get into you learn how to stop it. The Jets took advantage of a rookie quarterback yesterday. Deshaun Kaiser is very talented, can make a lot of throws, and he made some plays on the ground. With that being said, Cardinal mistake for quarterbacks is turning the ball over inside the 20. Freddie Bishop, who was just promoted from the practice squad on Saturday, makes a monstrous play early, recovering a fumble on a failed lateral. Then, later in the first half, Marcus May reads Deshaun Kaiser's eyes. That's a veteran play right there by the rookie safety, who you said last week when people come on inside the Jets, they follow up with a good performance. Well, Marcus May, all day May, comes up with his first career interception. Absolutely. Thor, you're on deck. You know what I mean? You might might kick a 65-yarder next week. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, of course, uh, Bart Scott referring to We're like good luck Chuck over here. You step up up over here, you good luck Chuck. But amazing first half, the Jets – Took a 3 nothing lead in there. And then in the second half, they continued to keep the Browns at bay. A fourth down stop. DeMario Davis was key on Morris Claiborne's game-changing interception because he came in on the blitz. And Hogan throws high Morris Claiborne's first career interception with the Jets. Oh, I thought you were going to say first. I'm going to say first. No, 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 up, man. no, no, with the Jets. I want a refund, man. Okay. I need some money back. No, that's no. the first one. No. So that's a fifth career interception. <laughs> DeMario was key on that fourth down play. Yeah, you talk about, you know, putting pressure in the pocket, not allowing a quarterback to step through and follow through with his throw, you know, force an inaccurate throw. And that's how you play team defense. Everybody, you know, doing their part. You know, you have to give credit to the guys that, that opened that lane. You have to give a credit to the defensive line that came up and under and opened that gap and a guy that attacked the outside tackle. You know, and, um, it, you know, and, the, and you're starting to see this team start to develop some chemistry and they're starting to figure it out. Um, and, you know, this year is all about learning lessons, you know, you know really, you know, ha- creating a foundation, a standards of excellence, you know, having your, your, your mission statement and, and forcing everybody that steps into that, that, that building to live up to it. Uh, at times, the offense scuffled yesterday, but fourth and two, DeMario makes the play down by the goal line. You take over the ball at your own three-yard line. Yes. I'm thinking at that time, it's a win if you just change the field. of Flip the field position. Yeah, yeah, if yep. you flip it a little bit. But instead, McCown goes 6-6 six six on a drive. He gets a 34-yard reception to an unlikely target. And Eric Tomlinson, <laughs> yeah. known more for his blocking than his pass catching. And that, that was the longest run of his life, it, it, <laughs> including conditioning drills. It, it, he it, never ran that And then I'll life. tell you what, John Morton, beautiful scheme to get curse open on that touchdown. He you, know, you know what we call that? We call that the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah. You know, and, and, that, and that's what you talk about. You talk about, you know, the Browns also have a very young team. Sure. I mean, the fact how Robbie Anderson came off the ball should have let you know that it was, a, it was a fake play. I think Robbie has to be a better actor right there. You know, he would get a Woody right there. He would, you know, he'd probably get like a, a, so, thir- so, a 34 and Ryan Potatoes so for, for that acting job. So here. for everybody who's watching NewYorkJets.com and Facebook, and also for those in attendance here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits, uh, tell us what you mean by that. Okay, well, the banana and the tailpipe, and it's all about smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And, you know, you bring over the motion, and, and what it does is it, it, it brings all the defenders' eyes with it. Right? And everybody, you know, wants to, you know, study film, and they've seen the, 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 the bunch set. You know, but you have to realize that bunch was wide. You know, if it's a real bunch, if it's some type of route bunch, it's not going to be next to the sideline. 
you know, and, and you know, Curse comes over and Robbie comes off the ball. And if he was getting the ball, he would be attacking the ball. But, you know, the, the defenders attack immediately. And all you have to take is one or two bad steps in this league right. and beat. Curse, you know, streaks up the field, fakes the screen, fakes the screen and, um, you know, there she goes. You know, and, and, and that's what happens. You, sa you save those type of plays for pivotal moments in the game. You know, we saw that all around the league. And people don't realize the game doesn't change. It just speeds up. The same plays that you see in the NFL, you see in high school and college. But it's about being able to execute intense, high-pressure situations. You know, being able to, to think and be able to read your keys and be able to, to pull the trigger when it happens. Inside the Jets is brought to you by in part by selective insurance. Response is everything. And I thought the response of the game is the way the Jets responded when they were at their three and took that ball down the field for 97 yards and culminate that with the scoring pass from McCown to Jermaine Kirst, their third hookup on the season. And again, the team showed a lot of maturity. Yeah. It's a young football team, but it was very easy to overlook the uh, Cleveland Browns. You, you talk about going on the road into a hostile environment. You know, I've, I've stepped in that stadium as, as members of both organizations and lost. You know, so I know how difficult it can be, and, and, and they're fighting tooth and nail to try and get their first win as well. You know, they, they, they you know, were energized a little bit by their first overall pick. He came out, got two, two early sacks, so, that, you know, they had that momentum Miles working Garrett, for him. Yep. And, you know, I think, you know, people don't realize Cleveland may have a top five offensive line. You know, so, you know, you may think, okay, they spent a lot of money, invested a lot of money, a lot of resources in that offensive line as well. You know, they may not have the best skill position, you know, but when you think about that offensive line, you know, that is an impressive offensive line. I knew it was going to be tough sledding early on. You know, much better than the, than the Jacksonville Jaguars line that they faced the week before. At, at the end of the season, Cleveland's not going to go on 16. They're going to they're gonna win a couple games, and you, you're going to look. Might at go one in 15. Oh, okay, they might go one in 15, Bart. That I don't know. Not, uh, no, my, my, I, my boy Hugh, I uh, listen. I think they're going to win a. Fifth. I, yeah. I don't know Hugh going for it on fourth down, not not trying to tie well, it up. Well, okay, yeah. so let's talk about Todd Bowles and clock management yesterday. I thought he did a fantastic job at the end of the first half. You get the ball, 35 seconds left, and. At that point, a lot of people would have thought you just kneel down because you're getting nothing going offensively. Maybe just take it into halftime, regroup, get John Morton with the fellas. But no, they get a little first down gain, and then they keep on going, and eventually that sets up where Cleveland was actually playing so far back in a pre-run. Yeah. They were trying to prevent a touchdown, right. but what they didn't do was they didn't play against a field goal. Because Jeremy Curley gets out of bounds and sets up Chandler Canton Zero from 57, and he probably could have hit it from 65. I can't really pronounce that last name that well, you know what I mean? <laughs> you can call him Catman. Uh, public school education, I'm going to go ahead and call him Baby Thor. Hey, we're both public school uh, education here. You graduated, though. I got associates. Uh, okay, well, listen, <laughs> associates is good as well. But uh, ITT Tech. No, but nice job there. And two, at the end of the game, the Jets got all their timeouts if they needed them. Well, and, 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 the, and the Browns had used up all their timeouts. Well, that's what I'm talking about when you talk about it's, it's all about the little things. So you want to talk about um, going for the field goal. If you have success on the first play when you're going into that two-minute mode, you have success, then you keep it going. If you don't have success, then you run the clock out. You don't want to give them opportunity to use their timeouts, which they didn't have any. And you give up on the play. You say, you know what, fellas, we're going to take a knee. We're going to go into the, to, into the, uh, into the locker room. 
you had success on the first play, so it, it inspires you to say, you know what, all we need is about 20 more yards, 40 more yards, two big plays, they're playing soft, there's very holes in the pocket, we can clock it, we can kick a field goal, and they execute it. And that's what you have to be good at. When you want to be a good football team, you have to be good in the situations. Yep. It's about having situational awareness as an offensive player and a defensive player, and that what, what allows you to, to really be successful. Because a lot of teams in this league don't win, they just don't lose them. You know, you have to make a team beat you. You can't beat yourself by making in, inopportune, you know, mistakes or penalties. And I thought they played a pretty clean game for the most part. Inside the Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. Have all the fantasy that football has to offer. Can I bet? Uh, no, let's keep you away from that. You're in good shape. Uh, here's, a fan- on a budget. here's a fantasy stat for you, buddy. Okay. The Jets had four takeaways entering week five. They had three takeaways against the Browns. So – if you're uh-huh. scoring at home, that, that's, that's good for you if you picked up the Jets' defense against the Bronx. Hey, trend, trending upward. You know, you talk about, you know, they, they just weren't fluke turnovers. I know the, the pitch was a – you can consider that maybe a It was turnover. a force from a rookie but, trying to make a play. Right, but being able to jump that out route, you know, because what people don't understand, if you close to the hip, yeah. then you're behind, they make that play. You know, if you have to pull the trigger and undercut that, and you're going to be four to five yards in front. You know, to take that angle away to be able to make the touchdown. Now, what I would like to see him do is cut that thing back and and, and go to work. Well, I talked to Morris Clay. You know I, I talked to Morris Claymore about May's interception after the game. He said that was a beauty. That was great. But I was think I was thinking he was going to six it. I don't know, man. I was looking at Claymore, and, and he looked like he was striding. I don't know if he <laughs> he tap tap. I don't know no, if he was no. late in the game. and He ran out of electrolytes. Oh, well, you're talking you know, about Moe's interception. I'm, he, talking, he, he, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about May's interception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got to cut that thing back. You know, but you know, he jumped it so fast that it was tough to stick what, that foot what, in there. You know what I mean? You need you need flexible ang- what were, ankles for that one. But Claymore looked like I don't know, man. What were the that def- monkey jumped on it? That elephant jumped on his back real quick. <laughs> don't try to save him from it. He did it. Hey, it was a beautiful pick. It was. It was a game changer. What were the rules? When you played defense for the Ravens, and then you came here with Rex to the Jets. You had a historically great defense in 2009, followed that up with another great year in 2010. But when you guys got the ball, what happened? We got to house it. You know what I mean? You saw guys get in pitch relationship. We, we really practiced that all the time. You know, we set up the, we set up the wall. We, um, the first guy, to, you know, close to the ball, he, he's supposed to take out the um, attendant receiver because that guy has the best chance of making the tackle early because he gets up if he hasn't fallen to make that tackle. So you got to clean him up. Next, somebody go take up, take care of the quarterback, you know, because we may not want to deal with him for the rest of the game. <laughs> then you set that wall up. And then if you're not in – and then, then you get in pitch relationship because early on, you know, I played with, you know, some okay quarterbacks. You want to talk about <laughs> Kyle Bowler. You want to talk about Chris Redman, Anthony Rong. Jeff Blake. You know oh, I mean? take it so, easy on so, Anthony. Come on now. So, so listen, it, it, it wasn't a guarantee. Listen, keeping the real goals wrong, it wasn't a guarantee that we were going to score. You know, so we, had, we made sure as a defense that we went in and take, take, took care of it for him. And you so. know who I'd be looking for on that defense? I'd be getting the ball to Ed every time. But, hey, listen, the Jets. Pitting Joe Jones. Big, Quick. Def- big defensive performance. Sunday against the Browns, they're going to need an even better one against the Patriots. So we're going to break that down here in a few moments on Inside the Jets. Next up, we're going to bring up. Thor. Thor. There we Chandler go. Chandler Cantonzero. We'll be right I back just, here I just on named Inside you, the bro. Jets. I just named you. All right, welcome back to Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits here at the Wyndham. Eric Allen alongside the Mad Backer, Bart, Sp- Bart Scott, and Chandler Cantonzero. A.K.A. Thor. <laughs> no, no, Baby Thor. You got ba- oh, Baby Thor. Okay, so listen, 
Bart's looking at me. He didn't know it. Your 57-yarder was a franchise record yesterday. I didn't know, man. Welcome to the record books, bro. I am not in any of them. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a that was a fun moment. You know, uh, great snap and hold, great protection up front. You got to have all three of those things before you, you know, make a kick like that. Uh, long kick. You got to. Uh, it's got to be a good poke and got to have that good snap and hold. So. When, when were you told? That you indeed had the franchise record. Actually, as I, as I was jogging off the field, I had no idea. Um, I was told, and it's pretty cool. You know, be, uh, there's been a, a ton of great Jets kickers um, and great history of kickers here. So I'm just honored to be a part of the, the record books, I guess. In pregame in Cleveland, what are you lining up at the furthest away? Uh, yeah, so kicking towards the dog pound is always tough. It's always into your face. The wind um, comes out from that open end, and it's always right to left in your face, which is a tough wind for a kicker. Okay. Um, so only backed up to about 53 going that direction. Uh, that was my line there. Going the other way, it usually is with you, a little left to right, uh, basically the opposite. And uh, so I think I lined up for, I want to say it was 62 and, and made it in warm-up. So I felt pretty good um, about a long kick before halftime, and uh, sure enough, that's what happened. It's one thing to do it in pregame warm-up. It's another thing to do it when it counts. You know, that takes a lot. We, you know, and we talk about what's the most important thing, attribute, when you talk about being a kicker. Is it the mind or is it the body? It's, def it's definitely mental toughness, resiliency. I mean, it, there's no doubt about that. Um, I've learned a lot through experience. And, you know, it's my fourth year kicking in the league. And um, there is no doubt in my mind that's, 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 the, that's the most important I guess, attribute as a kicker, for sure. Uh, uh, we talked about it in the locker room last night. I wanted to know how many yards you thought y you could have got it through because you said in pregame warm-ups you're hitting 62. Well, I mean, how but, but is that low? You, know, you don't yeah, have right. any in there, uh, so right. you, can, you can drive it flat. But he's know? driving a ball. I mean, yesterday, he, I'm, I'm watching that field. He can't, spe he can't speak kicker, man. I can speak <laughs> kicker. You got, yeah, you got the but, lingo. Okay. <laughs> Um, but, no, I, you know, I, on that kick, um, like I said, the ball was flying well that direction. I don't like to change my trajectory. I don't want to risk a block. So, there you go. Um, you I, like that. Yeah, so <laughs> I, told the, I told the coaches, you know, like, actually, when I was on the 47, it's funny, um, you know, I knew we didn't have a lot of momentum going to the half. I, I felt like, you know, um, maybe get the juices flowing, hit that 65-yarder. You know, uh, it, it was on the 47. I said, Coach Boyer, um, give me a shot. I'll, I'll let it ride. And he, he went up to Coach Bowles and, I think they probably laughed at me, but um, sure enough, Curly had a great play. You know, they set me up for a 57 and, and, and made it. So I don't know how much room I had to so spare. So you got, you got 65 in you, no doubt. I, no, not no doubt. I mean, Maybe that, in that, Denver. A, Maybe in Denver you got 65. That, that's a big kick, you know. But, um, you know, I felt, I felt comfortable enough where I could at least get the distance on that. Um, but, you know, I'm happy with the 57 and, and having the points going to the half. What did no. the fellas say to you at halftime after you had a kick like that? Oh, you give him a pound. You know, you, you don't know. <laughs> you he, he wanted a guy. He yeah, probably didn't right, talk you, to the you, kicker. You, you can be one of the guys. Listen, man, I, I played with some meathead kickers, man. Between, yeah. between uh, Well, Feely was always in the yeah, weight room. Yeah. Feely <laughs> thought he was a real football player, man. He was going out there trying to hit people. Like, look, man, you get hurt, man. We ain't got nobody else to kick a ball, man. Like, you stay back here. <laughs> let us handle that, man. You stay back. And, and Weatherford is a punter. He was a minus 2% body fat, and he was – you That's what I'm saying. He out there look, trying to look like G.I. Joe, man, and stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, right. I, I played with some tough kickers. Yeah. The, the toughest kicker I've ever played with from the old school, yeah. Matt Stover. Oh, really? Right. Matt Stover is a thug, man. He look like an accountant, <laughs> but he's a thug. Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's a thug, though. He's from the old school. You know, I remember we had a rookie that wouldn't sing, and Stover was like, what? I'll be right back. <laughs> and we like, Stover, Stover, dude. Stover came back with two things of Gatorade and baby powder. All on his no head, way. smacking with the baby pop. 
<laughs> Stover's a thug. Don't let the smooth taste fool you, uh, man. What, what you, can't do, you can't do that anymore, kids. <laughs> that's right. Sure that's you right. can, man. Uh, it's a right to pass. You just can't make them run down the hallway and hit them with nickel bags and nickels like the Saints used to do. All right, take it easy. <laughs> what, what was the free agency process like for you? Because you spent your first couple years with Arizona, and then you mm-hmm. land here with the Jets. Tough. It, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, I didn't really know what was going to happen with Arizona. It wasn't my best year statistically last year at all. Um, so that was very tough for me. Uh, but, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity the Jets gave me. Um, it's too you know, hot in Arizona anyway. Too hot in Arizona. It, oh, it, it, was, uh, it was nice out there. I love the, love the guys and love the coaching staff. But uh, happy, really happy to be here and part of this organization. Really thankful for the opportunity. How many visits did you have? And uh, do they actually make you a kick on a visit? And what, I mean, what happens in the spring with the kicker and no, free agency? Yeah, you know what? I, I, it was uh, – it definitely required a lot of patience. Yeah? <laughs> Just waiting around. Um, the Cardinals didn't really tell me what they were going to do until the day of pretty much March 9th, the, the deadline. Um, I guess my rookie deal was up, you know, and I was a restricted free agent. So I think the deadline was 4 p.m. on that day. And I got the call that morning. Um, tough call to hear, but I kind of I didn't really expect much, uh, you know, to be honest, from Arizona. So, And then sure enough, about an hour later, the Jets were interested and offered up, offered up a contract. So yeah. I was really happy. And uh, I was actually on the golf course. So. It was a good day. <laughs> New, York, New York can make you famous. Now, explain to the, <laughs> explain to the listeners you hopefully, know, hopefully not how, 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 the, how the extra point being moved back has affected you guys. And then also speak to, you know, I feel like kickers really don't get the credit that they deserve anymore. And when I say the credit, I'm talking about the elite kickers. Because we, we spoke off air about some of the elite kickers. But I think with some of the rule changes, it, it allows average kickers to hide. Because you can drive it flat and just kick it out of the back of the end zone so everybody has touchbacks. Mm-hmm. But when it get, becomes the, the cold weather months and the guys that kick in the, in the cold weather you know, uh, you know, climate, you know, then you get to see who has a real big leg and who doesn't have a real big leg because you can't drive it flat anymore. The ball doesn't carry as much. Kind of speak to some of the rule changes. Right. So – I guess the extra point change first. That's kicker first. lingo. Yeah, that's right. I got you. I got you. I'm following you. So the extra point change was huge. Um, you know, backing it up from 20-yarder to a 33-yarder, um, the margin for error goes uh, goes way down. Um, you got to hit a good ball. You got to strike the ball well to, to make that kick. Uh, you can't, you know, um, I don't take any kicks for granted either way. You know, um, you can easily miss a 20-yarder if you, if you don't go through your fundamentals and through your process. Um, but you know, the margin for error went way down. So you saw guys starting to miss kicks. And then, you know, you're not used to missing. Uh, whereas, you know, my first two years, I think I missed three and four kicks um, those first two years, uh, respectively. And um, then you start to miss a couple extra points. With that, you start missing seven, eight kicks. And, you know, if you let it, it can get in your head a little bit. And then that's where guys start slipping up and trying to guide the ball, you know, instead of just trusting it and hitting it like you're hitting a 50-yarder. Um, and as far as the talent, you know, talented kickers, like you're talking about, like the ball striking has gotten ridiculous. T- kickers are very talented um, these these days. You know, you're if you're not hitting at least really 80, 83 percent, something like that. I mean, you're, you're uh, that's kind of middle of the pack now, um, which is crazy. You know, if you want to hit, you know, you want top 10 kicker for a year, you got to be at that 90 percent level. Um, so kickers are really good these days. Um, you know, so we're. But, you know, with the kick being moved back, I feel like it allows the guys with the big legs and the guys with the average legs to really kind of blend in with each other. You can't really tell who has the big hang times. Mm-hmm. You know, I always felt that, you know, because you moved the kickoff up because they didn't want the collisions and the concussions on kickoff um, anymore. I always felt like guys should start kicking sky kicks with huge hang time mm-hmm. and giving you opportunities to maybe get a guy to drop one. Right. or get an opportunity for one of the up man to try and catch it on, like, the 20-yard line or inside the 10 
and really be able to lay some guys out, you know, really set people up. And I thought, you know, I think that people don't use the strategy anymore. They just kick it flat into the end zone and just, okay, you can have it at the 25. This guy, I this, think. this guy broke into the league. Yeah, covering yeah. kickoff. So he, he, don't, he don't, you don't want any touchbacks. Yeah. And by the way. Yeah, I want to send somebody night-night. Well, one, of, <laughs> one of the big reasons you're on this team right now, because you got pushed in training camp by Ross Martin. This, oh, yeah. was, this was a good competition, is that your leg strength on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. That's yep. one, of the, one, of the, one of the significant reasons why you're here. And so far this year, 10 of 12 on field goals and eight field goals, 40-plus yards. That's right. Yeah, so um, – I guess so. I pick you up in fantasy, bro. <laughs> no, attesting to the kickoff. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, that's why we, we practice those kicks, those mortar kicks is what we call them, uh, where we're trying to land that ball about the five-yard five, five yard line with really good hang time and let our guys cover. But kickoff returners have also gotten really good in this league. I mean, they're great athletes. You talk, you talk about a guy like Cordell Patterson with the Raiders or somebody yeah. like that. Uh, Tyreek you know, Hill? If you've got, yeah, if you've got a kicker that can bang it out, I mean, and – keep that guy from touching the ball, then that's kind of, you know, that's a game plan too. So you kind of got roll in, roll into game day with both those uh, kicks ready to go. What do you think about special teams as a whole? I think Brant Boyer's got these units humming right now. Yeah, Coach Boyer's done a great job. He really has um, with different schemes. And um, as far as the battery goes, kicker, punter, snapper, I mean, Lachlan Edwards has had a heck of a year so far. Uh, you talk about Jacksonville and overtime, um, swinging, the, swinging the field like he did, putting him inside the 10, uh, huge play. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, that, that game might have ended up in a tie if it seemed like kind of a stalemate, and he, sw- he swung the field and had a great punt, also had a great day uh, Sunday. Um, and Thomas Hennessy, the guy probably nobody's ever heard of. I mean, he's a rookie. He's coming. He's done a great job. It's a long snapper from a private university. Okay, yeah. okay I don't know. From a private university, <laughs> I don't know everybody. Too. I can't know everything about everything. But um, that's a tough job, and he's come in and, and done, a, done a heck of a job for us. Um, he's done a great job on field goal snaps and punts and also done a great job protecting. Um, and as far as our units go, you know, led by Rontez Miles over there, you know, um, and uh, Josh Martin, some of those guys. He's too uh, cool. He's too cool for school. Like, he just put it like. Yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're 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 playing pretty well. We got to keep it rolling. We got a big game this weekend. Uh, Eric Allen, Bart Scott, and Chandler Canton Zero here, Let's aka <laughs> Little Thor. Ba- you're listening Pre- to <laughs> you're listening baby to Thor. Man. <laughs> you're listening to Inside the Jets and watching on Facebook and on NewYorkJets.com. Um, you mentioned before golf. Mm-hmm. What's your handicap? Because every golfer, <laughs> I mean, every kicker I've ever been around has got a handicap like around five or That's so. That's because they got nothing but time on their hands. They ain't got no scar tissue, man. You know, he I, won't I, be tired. He's going to go right after the season's <laughs> over. He's going to go right back to training. Day one. <laughs> That's right. I do play a lot of golf in the offseason. I'll be honest. <laughs> we got a lot of time on our hands. But um, I haven't played golf. This is like the longest time I've gone without it. Without it. I haven't played since uh, like a week before training camp, which is a long time for me. Uh, I miss it. But. I'm focused on what I'm doing. Um, handicap is Good about answer. a Good answer. Uh, <laughs> handicap is, is a 2.3. See, here you go. Here um, you go. Never yeah, fails. Yeah, it was about a – it's funny. Like, it was about a 12, I guess, when I was a rookie, and then I've gotten it down each offseason because we have so much time to play. So, golf is a great game, a lot of similarities to kicking. Um, so, it's, it's fun. You put uh, me and Bart on the golf course, and we both have a handicap of 12 on each hole. Listen, <laughs> uh, listen I'm there for comic relief. Listen, you got golf. That's fun, too. I, That's fun, too. I'm a bowler, baby. I'm a uh, happy give Gil- me some Give me some bad pizza and a Pepsi, <laughs> and I'm good. I'm happy Gilmore out there. Uh, how about Morton Anderson's influence on your career? Uh, I can't say enough good things about Morton. I mean, um, to have a Hall of Famer in my corner is, is pretty cool. Uh, I'm really happy that he they got that honor. He deserved it. You know, all-time points leader. Um, he's set a lot of records. Um, 
Morton's a great, great human being, first and foremost. He's taught me a lot, um, you know, mo mostly about life, really. I mean, uh, we worked on technique a little bit, you know, the, the couple times I worked with him during college at my time at Clemson. Um, but most, most of the time I was just talking, just chatting it up with him. You know, he's experienced. He's, he's gone through the highs and lows of kicking um, and the peaks and valleys. And it's just fun to pick his brain and, and ask, well, you know, what, what, you were, what were you thinking when you missed one, you know, during the game and got to hit a game winner at the end there or whatever. Um, he taught me a lot about routine, process, um, not letting one kick, you know, um, he, he taught, he, the define biggest thing with him. Yeah, yeah. One kick, and, you know, and one you kick does not define you yep. uh, as a kicker or a person. Um, so he's taught me a lot of great things. And uh, I've definitely taken a lot of notes and, and – um, it's fun to I talk to him weekly. Will, yeah. will we see you honor him with the single bar helmet, or you not? I, that crazy? I wish I wish I was allowed. I'll definitely rock it. Yeah. <laughs> you, like it you like your nose, right? <laughs> that's right. That's Ch right. Chandler Kitten Zero, you were a good sport. You're off to a great start with your new team. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be right back. All right, baby Thor. Appreciate, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Rontez Miles here on Inside the Jets. So we finished that piece. All right, great spot there with Chandler Kitten Zero. If you missed part of the show tonight. Inside the Jets will be made available in its entirety on the official Jets podcast. This week, we're bringing you a double dose of Monday morning quarterback as Peter King drops by the studio to join our Friday preview show, as well as Albert Breer to talk Jets, Patriots. Hey, man, did Woody put some more in the budget? Y'all got Peter King? Uh, not not <laughs> weekly. He just came by oh, the studio man, today. Hold on. I'm about, to say, I'm about to ask for a raise, man. If y'all can afford Peter King, I need a couple more coins, oh, man. But that's off of airtime. Yeah, listen, anyway. we got Tez <laughs> right. here. Ron right. Tez Miles has joined us. What's up? What's up? No doubt. Tez, great seeing you. A man after my own heart, man. I'll tell you what. I've been there. I've been there. And what do you mean by that? I've been there, man. I know, I know what it's like. I know, I know his experience. We've walked kind of in the same path. You know, coming up, special team, you know, fighting to be seen. You know, fighting and scrapping, trying to make a name for yourself. Every day. You know, and, you know, I, I tell people all the time. I remember when I used to go out to the um, – I was an undrafted free agent, right, $500 signing bonus. I tell people all the time. You know, but that really set the, the, the stage for me to really fight for everything I got. So I know, I know what you're going through. I remember going through training camp and people were like, hey, L, number 57. Like, yeah. 50, all right, 57. Hey, hey. Can you uh, tap um, Ray and tell him to come over? Like, oh, man. I, I was like Rodney Dangerfield. So, right, listen, man, I understand where you're coming from, man. Stay motivated because, yeah. like I tell people all the time, it's not the first contract that defines you. It's the second one because yeah. that, that's the one that validates you. A lot yeah. of guys, a lot of frauds come in this league, and they come out and they get great first contracts. But if you are fortunate enough to get that second contract, that's the validation that you yeah. belong here. Right. So stay Funny motivated. story about you, though. I met you a while back. Well, you have to share. Let's you don't go. Even remember? No, no, I met you. Oh, here we I go. I met you last year, but uh, no, I met you before that. I met you. Oh, I uh -oh. met you before uh -oh. I was even in the NFL, bro. Oh man. Oh. oh. So what was I at? We was in New Jersey. Kick. I was training for the combine. Can we hear this? And uh, Cromarty, Cromarty comes in. <laughs> okay. One hand catching the ball, showing off, and uh, somebody come rolling in on a little scooter with their ah, foot up. Ah, yeah. His foot was broke or something like that. Yeah, I had re reconstructive surgery. I was still deciding if I was going to come back. Yeah, he was in there rolling around. I walked up and introduced myself to y'all and everything. I didn't know where I was going to be at. I was training uh, for the combine. You yeah, know what I mean? Tess. So, yeah, Tess Sports. Mm -hmm. So it was weird that, uh, you know, a little story I had to share with y'all. He was in there loud, screaming, of course, motivating that's, everybody. That's me. Six degrees of separation, man. You know, you know what, what, I, what I always loved about going over and training at Tess, he's talking about Tess, down, yeah. Tess and down in Martinsville where guys come out. You know, it, it, it kind of always puts me in that spot, in that space, because I remember what it was like to have that anxiety 
you know, so I like to be able to share with the young guys and tell them, listen, man, it's impossible. It's possible. You know what I mean? And we hear all the negative, you know, um, comments and, and commentary about how difficult it is to make it to the NFL. And I tell those guys all the time, listen, if I'm able to stand here and I'm able to be here, anybody can be here. But it takes going to yeah. take determination. It takes self-assurance. You got to believe in yourself. You know, when nobody else believes in you, you got to bet down on yourself because, you know, if you're willing to bet on yourself, you know what you're willing to do to get there, pay the price. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people all the time, if it take me 10 hours for, to do something that it takes somebody else one hour to do, it doesn't matter. We're going to be at the same spot. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Gary, big shout-out to Gary and all those guys over there, Kevin. Yeah, good people, you know, they're they, they helping guys achieve, they achieve their dreams. Well, Ron Tice, we have a lot of young watchers here on NewYorkJets.com and on Facebook. They're but right it, there. But, but, a lot, but a lot of folks inside here, Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits as well, Okay. And, and I'd like you to retell your story, <laughs> how you got to this point. Oh, man. It gets longer and longer. It's easier. all good, man. Yeah. That w- we like it that well, way. Well, we only got 20 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I got You better start. Modified short, version. Yeah, give me the, the five-minute version. Short story. Uh, started playing football around six years old. Um, I'm one of 11. Mother battled drug addiction. Father was on the run for uh, 13 years. My, actually, my brother's here right there. We found, we found him eight years ago, right? Eight, eight years ago, I found this man. That's my uh, one of my uh, younger brothers. I'm one of eleven, so um, I bounced around house to house, been playing football. Went to high school. Uh, a lot of my brothers, we all got separated. Though I continued to play football. Went to high school. Didn't have a grade, so I ended up not even playing college football two years after high school. Um, ended up getting to a smaller college, uh, California PA. Not no Cali- not California, <coughs> California PA. Pennsylvania oh. University is oh, okay. uh, you know. And um, I stayed four years, uh, broke a lot of records, um, got invited to the combine, went to the combine, did, did decent enough, and um, my NFL process has been even longer. A couple injuries here and there, freakish injuries. I just had – my eye, I was just – had, what, two broken bones in my eye not too long ago. But, uh, yeah, you look like you were in the ring. But yeah. uh, hold on. But, uh, let's, good, man. Let's talk – Bill's character. Don't yeah, worry about it. Right. You – but, but – you just went over that real quick about the injuries. Yeah. You, you suffered what could have been a life-threatening injury early on in your career. Yeah, uh, compartment syndrome in my leg you're talking about. Can, yeah, can you explain what uh, that is? It's basically uh, I took a blow to the leg, and I thought it was like a deep contusion, like a thigh bruise or something like that. Sure. But it really, the blood stopped flowing through my leg throughout the day. And um, basically, if you don't go get rid of the uh, swelling in time, and get the flow, the circulating back going. You can lose your calf muscle. They have to amputate your leg and stuff like that. And um, we got a great staff up there. J. Mel and them guys did great, man. He knew as soon as I showed him, showed him the play, he knew what was wrong, and he rushed me to the hospital. So tell me this. What keeps <coughs> you motivated? What keeps you going? Um, what makes you keep persevering through all this adversity? And how has it changed you? Yeah, I've been through way more things in real life. This is just a short-term thing, man. And I've been through so much that I can't let nothing small like this like stop me from pushing doing something I love. Like all I know is football. Like I know a lot of other things I'm good at. I'm good at a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm well balanced at not every, golf. Not everything. golf, right? Please don't tell me you're a golfer. Every, no, he's a, okay, okay. But, yeah. but you I, I, say I can't that. golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't okay. golf. Neither okay. can I. I'm My part girl of this beat me too. Golf, but, like, but, but you're a rapper. You're a rapper too. I do everything. Dancing, man. I'm good at everything, so that I mean, ain't a problem. I mean, listen, but this could be a first. You want to spit something to the people out there? 
No, you got some original stuff. They, yeah, do you have they, anything? They, they got paid for it. So okay, come on, bro. I mean, you spit a little something. I'm, I'm yeah. cool with Kevin Lyles. You know what I'm saying? That's my man from from B More. You know what I'm saying? President of Sony Records. You know, we're doing Trey songs. You spit a little something. We might be able to work something out. I, I like that. I you think know, if you want to spit some hot fire, you know, I know some people that know some people. This is New York. <laughs> like I said, baby Thor, you can he's make it. Looking he's, at his, he's looking at his brother right now. I think everybody. Here in attendance, uh, would like to hear it. Ted, you got to give us a whole sixteen. You, I mean, you can yeah. give us just a just a verse. Just, you just know drop what I mean? a line or two. A line We'd or be two. honored. Just a line or two. It, do you guys want to hear it? Come on, you guys want to hear? Oh man. Uh, all right, I'll do a little song. Uh, okay. There we go. Yeah, right, right there. Facebook, right there, baby. Uh See, a lot of my verses might have a, a little... Man, you ain't got no Disney version? Yeah, you... <laughs> That's you the problem. You got a Disney version, man. You got... You can... You can mute yourself. We got a... We got a set... A, set, uh, a delay. We got a delay here. Uh, oh, we... Uh, we spent all the... We spent the budget on Peter King, man. We can't have a delay button. No, listen, Jesus do not Christ. take this out on Peter King. And by the way, <laughs> your $500 signing bonus, I'm mad about that. I never got a $0 signing What was your signing bonus, baby Thor? <laughs> Baby, fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. They got go. him three times more than me. <laughs> I ain't get that either. No yeah. respect. I get no respect. Okay, uh, we gonna hold on. We gonna we, we ain't gonna, gonna hold on. I'm, I'm not gonna keep you. I was gonna, gonna go, but I just don't. Yeah. No. Oh, man. To, to tell them where they can go to hear it. Yeah. Oh, you go to Just tell you. Hold up. Before disclaimer. YouTube. Tell your kids earmuffs oh, before man. you hit the hit the play. You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't all the way clean. There's nothing bad in it, but it might be a little. It's for adults, you know. Okay, okay. okay. Tell them where you can get it at. That. Right here. Oh, you can right go here. on YouTube. Just type in my name and uh, it'll pop up. Man, you got to spell it, man. You're giving people too much credit. Taz, T-E-Z, F-Y-S, uh, and go crazy. Just type it in. You'll enjoy it. I got an R&B song on there as well, y'all like. You, you sing, know? too? I do something for the ladies, but uh, I can't, I can't, you know. No, you do something, yeah, for your lady. See, that's why I had to stop. I caught myself. Looking no, no, TV. she understand you're a man of the people. It's all she, good. She hates it. Uh, uh, man, uh, man. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm only taking 3%. You know what I'm saying? For this, whatever we get, 3% off the top. That's a small She's like, you just know so like many people. I just can't 3%? deal with it. Yeah. I just want 3%. No, uh, listen, a man of many talents, yeah. Rontez Miles. Uh, what was that injury like that you suffered in Bart's hometown in Detroit in the preseason? Man. Never saw anything like that before. Man, I was mad. I was cursing up and down the sideline and – Snapping and everything, but uh, a whole week. The first week was just worse, man. I couldn't open my eye, man. I couldn't uh, see. I had a cord in my nose, so um, the first week was bad. But after that, it got it got better though. But just a freakish injury, like so. I don't can't elaborate on it too much, but yeah. But tell you what, get used to knowing the name. Yeah. Listen, if you're able to to, to persevere through that, man. In a couple of years, we're we going to be hearing you as a household name. Keep grinding, man. You, man. I get Brittany in my ear telling us we got to go to break. Yeah. What so up, I'm letting EA do his thing. What you know up, what Brit? I mean? Yeah, Brit. Yeah. Let me I call it Juice and Berries, a.k.a. Uh, Herbal Essence. Uh, let, <laughs> let me tell you, Tess, you guys are starting something special here. Yeah. You're starting something special with I love it. this safety group. Yeah. And this young team is building, and you're a key part of that. You, Every team needs – a player like you who brings it on special teams, who provides depth, who's great inside the locker room. Keep doing what you're doing, Ron. It used to be James Hedybo here. Everybody, all the fans yep. are, are, are familiar with James Hedybo. He got his opportunity to win a championship with the Patriots. Started for the Ravens, started for the Lions. You're on your way, brother. Appreciate you, bro. All right, we'll be right back here at Vanderbilt. You're listening to Inside the Jets. 
All right, join the Jets for the Green and White 5K on October 22nd at the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center. A portion of the proceeds will benefit the Carroll G. Simon Cancer Center at Morristown Medical Center. And the post-race game watch party is right here at Vanderbilt's Sports and Spirits. Go to nycruns.com slash Jets5K to sign up now. Bart, uh, how fast do you think you could do a 5K in? Uh, in five days. Five days? All right. That's yeah. how I roll now. How's your ankle? You were in a boot a little while ago. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to test it out again. It's, you know, two months, two uh, sprained ankles, you know, four weeks, five weeks down, but I'm going back. I can't get enough of it, man. It's the only way I can do cardio. I get bored. All right, don't give up the fight, man. All right, so uh, keep hope alive. Bro. Jet, Jets Patriots Sunday at MetLife Stadium. The Jets 2-0 and at home so far this year. We spoke about it briefly here in the – Early stages of the show, three-way tie atop the AFC East. It's so early in the season. Yep. I wouldn't get carried away with any of that. It's just the Patriots are here. It's a divisional battle. And this is the team that Todd Bowles has said has been king of the division. And they're going to be there until somebody knocks them off. Absolutely. To knock them off, you've got to be bold. You can't go in there. Brian Bell, you say all the time, you going into the cave to fight the lion or the bear. You don't go in there tiptoeing. You go in there screaming and say, here I am. Come get it. You know, they have to be aggressive. You know, they have nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. Nobody expects them to win. You know, if you got to do a fake punt, do a fake punt. If you got to have a gadget, have a gadget. Uh, but this isn't a, the, uh, the uh, invincible Patriots team that we thought it was going to be, you know, when we looked at all the acquisitions in the offseason. Gronk is injured. I think they had, they've struggled being able to set the edges. Teams have attacked them on the edges. They've had communication problems on the back end. We know Stephen Gilmore is a, is a pass interference waiting to happen, big play waiting to happen. They have to make sure that they go out and they attack this football team and let the cars fall where they may. This is a great litmus test for them to see where they're at and either they're, they're, they're falling than they thought or they got a little ways to go. But this is a great way to find out about yourself and find out when the game gets tight and the, and the opposition gets good. Because they don't beat themselves. The Patriots right. won't beat themselves. So that's why it's important. You know, all these lessons that they learned early in the season about situational football, here we go. Apply it. 11 touchdown passes for Tom Brady so far this season. Yep. One interception. He doesn't turn the football over. It's interesting when you look at the Patriots' leading receivers so far this year, starts the running back position, James White. He's got 29 catches, and Danny Amendola. I bet not see Darren Lee get beat on a pick route with a cut split. I want to see growth. You know, I've seen him get beat by that play twice, once by the Patriots and once by another team. I hope that he's aware of that because the Patriots dominate situational football. Whenever you see Deion Lewis or James White come in the game, for the most part, they're getting the ball. So if it's a cut split, use your tools. If you got to ask for a chip from your defensive end so that you don't, you know, come out of your, your run gap responsibilities, do that. So it's time for these guys to start growing up. You know, if you are a young player, you're not a young player anymore. You know, if you got game experience, now when you start getting into the second month and the second quarter of the season, it's time to start applying what you've learned. I thought Darren Lee played uh, very well against Cleveland Browns. Yes, he did. So he'll have to have another uh, performance just like that against New England. Everybody's going to have to play really well this game. Uh, because it's not about the physical stress that New England puts on you. It's they a put mental, mental stress, right? Stress. Yeah. It's the little things. You can't get caught on the field because he'll hike the ball at 12, right? You can't. You can't. Show your blitz. You can't fake a blitz if you don't have a safety behind you because if you try and fake a blitz and the safety not behind you, Brady knows that it's BS. So if you're going to fake something and try and rush Brady into something or confuse him, you have to make sure that 
everybody's in on. It can't just be one player. You can't be the player that's the tail on tipping off some of the plays and the coverages that you're playing. Rob Gronkowski did not play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's probably expected that he'll return to the lineup. Yeah, hit him in his thighs. He's hurting, right? That's what's hurting. So, uh, but uh, uh, my, I'm not sure what his injury is right it now. It was he, his thigh, he, so hit it again. He's, still, uh, he's a, breaking down, bro. You think? He's breaking down. Listen, we've seen it happen with big guys, the bruisers. We've seen it happen with Brandon Jacobs. We saw it happen with Eddie George. Big guys early on, those hits started to add up. Yeah, you're doing damage to the person that you're running over, but they're doing damage to you too, and he's starting to break down. So might as well break them all the way down and put them on the shelf. Uh, Peter King said something interesting to me today. Oh, you got to drop Peter King because no, he's getting extra money. I, oh, ha I, ha I have to say this. Okay. He said when Buffalo went into Atlanta, the game plan was to control the clock. One of those drives the Bills had in their win over Atlanta was, a, was 11 minutes. So... If the, if the Jets can control the clock and finish some of these drives with some points. Hey, this is going to come down to McCown. They're going to dare you to, run, to, to throw the ball, and you got to be bold enough to do it. All right. Brittany say we got to Th go. Thanks to everybody here at Vanderbilt. We'll be back next week. Come on down to Inside the Jets. Please come down. Maybe I'll get more money if I get more fans here.